0: what's the story behind the story we'll find out on dropping in our guests are today's original thinkers conversations that spark new ways of seeing what's going on we bring it all to the table diverse perspectives controversy loving and singular voices magically stories reveal the common threads that link us experience the joys the fist pumps the detours and the hard-won truths of those who blaze the trail so that we might do the same and now here's your host diane dewey welcome to
1: dropping in everyone we're still stuck in the pandemic but that doesn't mean we have to be stuck in ourselves susan burrell author of live an empowered life a 30-day journey book she's a podcaster of empowering chats individual spirit guide and self-proclaimed light leader on Facebook. Uh, Her group workshops are there. Susan is here with us to help move around the interior furniture to create a path to what we want. We'll throw stuff out, acquire things we never thought we could have, maximize and create flow, kind of like a feng shui for the soul. She's an intuitive healer, so whatever mission you're on, whether it's reducing alcohol intake while we're off our traditional connections and ways of being with one another, we'll find out how we can spark the motivation to not just tick off the boxes of career, where to live, who to be with, how to make money, but how to deepen satisfaction in ourselves and our lives. Welcome, Susan.
2: Oh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here with you today, Diane.
1: Thanks for having me. We're delighted to have you. Uh, you're a self-proclaimed feisty Scorpio redhead. And the bio thing I read on your website is something you you don't choose to really, um, you, you don't subscribe to the bio thing, the bio, biographical thing. But so here's here's a little menu to choose from. You can choose from column A and B. Uh, You know, the pandemic has um, related to self-recreation, the inner journey versus the outer. Where do you find yourself now, and how do you describe what you're doing now?
2: Oh, wow. (laughs) That's a good question. Um, Wow. So, currently, in this moment that we're recording, I find myself personally in a twist. Um, meaning that all the work that I was I've been doing up until now has gotten me to where I am, and uh, there's good times, right? There's times where the work, uh, where the inner work of learning how to love yourself more and feel empowered, uh, you have those really great days. Wow, I'm doing it! It's awesome, and I I'm on my you know all my intentions are following through, and and then there's the days where something trips. You and I, and, I, and by you I mean me. And then all of a sudden there's this upheaval again, and there's this twist of this this turning back in in within oneself or within me. I'm just going to talk about me, Diane. I that's all mm-hmm. I can do. Do that. So what I, what's been occurring <laughs> is is I've been ha- I've being twisted and having to turn back within myself um, to to be gentle to be kind, to be loving, and to allow whatever this is that's twisting me up, literally, you know, it's, it's showing up in my body as well, um, and, and just see what it is and allow it, and uh, allow it to unwind and, and then reveal itself. And, and I think, I know for me, I've been squirming like a worm on a hook, like one of my close <laughs> friends says, just squirming, because there's something that wants to reveal itself from within me. And, um, and what is occurring is I'm having these big, uh, sob fests. Mm -hmm. So here I am, this person who's supporting others in feeling empowered. And it's not that I don't feel empowered. It's that there is something else that wants to be released. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is. and and. Oftentimes, I don't even know that you need to know what it is. It's just it, when it shows up, when you get find yourself in a twist. When I do, I just have to really release it, and it has to be a gentle release, not a out out damn spot kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, so there's, that's there's, where I'm currently at. You know, and some of this is because uh, I don't know if your listeners know, but I know you knew, do. Mercury is going into retrograde, like any second now. And what that means usually is it requires, it goes on for a couple of few weeks and it, everything appears wonky. Like technology is wonky. Contracts are wonky. Finances get a little wonky, but really what it requires is for us to go still, right? Not wiggle, not squirm, not deny or avoid, but, and really take time for inner uh, reflection And recalibration. Um, And so that's, actually, that's part of what my twist is, I think, Diane, is I'm getting ready to sit, you know, like to go, okay, I'll just be a little quiet within myself.
1: Well, it's unnatural, right? It's an unnatural state. And um, I think I just so appreciate your honesty and your candor with that, because I think we can all relate to what you've just said, Susan, the idea that something, you know, you think you're going along great, the affirmations are working, all your intentions are good. And, you know, things are following through. And then suddenly there's a monkey wrench in the works. And what do we do? And you are a person who has shared with us this this kind of deep emotional well. I, as I understand it, mercury retrograde also means going back over things, thinking yeah. maybe we've got things ticked off, the boxes are ticked off. We're satisfied with our work. We're satisfied with this, that. But take a deeper look. Um, is there more we can do? Or are there other things that we can do? And you've asked the question on, um, in, in my readings of your work, have you ever wanted to live more fully, but don't know how? And I think who hasn't experienced this? And maybe you are even receiving a nudge from your own uh, emotional uh, well on that. Um, and I wondered... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Know, so what happens then? Do you put yourself on your own 30-day journey? I mean this this really this answers one of my really big questions for you which was always okay, I know you've done all of this work, but is it one and done? And now you're suggesting maybe it's not.
2: Oh no, I got chills when you said that. No, it's never one and done. It's it's never over. That's why we're human beings on the planet because it is and that's why I entitled my book A Journey because life is a journey and the journey's over when we decide it's time to make our transition exit the planet not be in physical form and that's what well the journey on planet earth is over there's an ongoing journey because the soul is on a journey and we the soul embodies us and we embody it for the time that we're alive on planet earth but then the soul continues on because we're infinite beings so mm-hmm. um but to speak to your your other the other thing about the uh, Uh, you know, kicking things off and all that. So I was hearing like two weeks ago, I kept hearing this word recalibration, recalibration. And I'm like, I know what that means. And then later when I was sitting, I was like, I don't know what that means. So I looked up recalibration and there really isn't that kind of a word. So I had to look at calibration and calibration is basically um, coming up with a plan that uh, is gradient that builds in gradation. Does that make sense? So there's a, stepping up and stepping into and that and it's usually you know like calibrating an engine or calibrating a machine or something like that and and I think we're machines so going into mercury retrograde it is a recalibration it's reassessing what's working what's not re reconfiguring um, our uh, belief systems but also the actions that we take you know, like I, I started walking my dog at least twice a week, whereas before I was sitting, you know, in my office way too many hours, and then, you know, I noticed, wow, I stand up and my hips are hurting. I'm like, oh, I'm not moving. So, I, you know, that's a recalibration. All right, what do I want to do that I will make me feel healthier? And I'm getting ready to start uh, uh, what I call a fast uh, This coming Monday, because there's, you know, there's lots of things during the COVID, you know, well, I can just eat whatever I want idea because I'm cooking for myself or, you know, whatever it is. So I'm recalibrating, you know, what am I going to actually be conscious about putting in my body and what am I going to let go of that kind of stuff.
1: Well, you talk a lot about movement. Actually, um, it's something in your, in your writings. I, I read um, living, um, your 30-day journey, um, living an empowered life. And intentions include, where do I want to be at the end of this journey? What baggage would I like to get go, let go of? What do I want to take with me? Um, And these are, I mean, I think it's also fascinating that it is a 30-day journey, so it's also not instantaneous. So, these calibrations are sort of incremental, right? They're they're dawnings that are like adjustments, fine-tuning that you're making to things are what you thought they were versus what they are, like You believe in movement but you're not moving yourself and this is something i totally relate to as well wait a minute when am i going to go up and get up and stretch and take that walk that's gonna you know clear my head um for those of us who would like to have just a definition i'm going to read from susan burrell um your empowerment this is a quote is not based on external relationships but on your inner connection to yourself Empowerment is about becoming stronger and more confident from the inside out. This is the journey you're currently on to begin to connect with your inner authority to allow your natural courage, confidence, and creativity to take a leading role in your life. But I also love the recognition that all is not perfect all the time, that we have to live with a bunch of stuff that happens. And certainly now, maybe more than most of the time. So uh, oh, I'm, yeah. just re- yeah, I'm just really, I'm very um, intrigued by the fact that you may be taking another journey yourself. Um, and um, and when you do that, do you work with the letters of empower that you use in your book? And if you could talk a little bit about what empowerment means to you.
2: Um you know it's interesting because i did work with those letters when they when i first conceived them i was like oh this is what i'm working on and i went oh that means e and then a little later when i got to the other e which was emancipate and i started thinking and, and processing emancipating because i needed i really wanted to be free mm-hmm. in my second half of life and so the emancipate became like the the Focal point of freeing myself of my belief systems, freeing myself of my my uh, old relationships that I felt still attached to or shackled by, and um, yeah. So you know, and I and I remember working through uh, moments where I would feel free during that time. This was this was all formatting. Before during and right after I got divorced and it was a it was a contentious heart shattering divorce. And Mm -hmm. so then that's why I was, I really wanted to feel free and um, my keywords were freedom, happiness, and love. And then that's when the empower, the words that describe empower came up because I really, the bottom line is I wanted to feel empowered within myself. I wanted to learn how to love and respect myself. And so so that's when I was working those words. This time around, and and because this sounds really weird, Diane, I know. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a Scorpio, one of the totems, if you will, or spirit guides, if you will, is the phoenix. And mm-hmm. so in my life, I have built and then been burned away, you know, and built and burned away. And I think that that's part of currently for me what's going on is this whole experience of 2020 and and in fact I really do believe it's the 20s it's the decade Mm -hmm. that you know I think a lot of people were hoping and praying that 2021 was going to set us all free and that is not going to happen and and I think we've got a decade of calibrating recalibrating who we are individually and then collectively so the empower standing in first of all, recognizing that I didn't feel empowered is what led me to work these, uh, create these words and, um, you know, work it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I found so many women coming to me to do uh, inner work or to just, you know, get through a, a horrible divorce or pick themselves up after they'd been fired from a job, that kind of stuff. And I realized, well, most of what is occurring is People don't, these women have never been taught how to love themselves in the first place. That certainly was not what was modeled for me in my home, Mm -hmm. how to love yourself. What was modeled is to be the good girl. You know, that was the expectation. And then it was also that let's all be appropriate, you know, kind of thing. And, um, but Mm -hmm. it didn't give us freedom.
1: No, loving yourself was like a conceited self-centered thing to do. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, and and y- you know, when you talk about this recurrence, you know, this idea of cycling back through things, and you find out that at root, this lack of self love, probably is fundamental to a lot of the patterns that we set up, right? So, you've, you know, we're now we're broadcasting the Voice America uh, studio is in Phoenix, so I just thought that was such a funny thing, but you know, oh you, well, you there maybe, you go, there you go. But I, I also wonder about, I mean, I love also that you weren't fixated on what the empowerment meant meant for you at one time, that you shed that skin and can move on from it even like an evolution, like e is for evolution, or you know, to me that's so much more real. Um, le- that you're in dialogue with yourself rather than saying, okay, E is for, e- 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 oh, it was, E is for esteem, movement, purpose, ownership, and wonder, um, then emancipation and realize. I mean, yes, that all works, but sometimes things are recalibrating, right, for for times yeah. that are different. That um, I think it's just lovely that you're fluid enough to work with what's going on now. You mentioned about, um, ev- you know, evolving as a spirit being. Do you have, a, I think, a theological background, um, a fairly extensive one? Is that, is that so?
2: Um, I, um, I wouldn't call it theological, uh, but I do have a master's in consciousness. Now, who makes up those titles? I don't know. But... <laughs> Um, but so yeah, I did. But I did study the world philosophies and ancient wisdoms and religions. But I also studied quantum physics and psychology and uh, and like I said, philosophy. So that that's kind of my inner foundation as well as my uh, foundation that I teach from because the uh, quantum physics base, you know, in essence, is about how we're all connected. You know, it proved that. Uh, something on one side of the, the butterfly effect. On one side of the planet can affect something on the other side of the planet, which says to me that we are all connected, that, there is all, that we're all one. And in this time of division and borders being shut down because people are afraid the pandemic is going to come and get them on the other side of the planet, and all this stuff it is not the truth of our being, and quantum physics has proved it. So there's this other idea of, Um, that that's part of the entanglement theory that um, we can positively with our thoughts, emotions, and feelings influence not only our small circle of life, but the larger circle of life. And so when we see these people that are exhibiting anger and hatred and all so much stuff that now we get to see on the internet that, you know, because we can't go out anywhere, um, when we see that it, it triggers us individually, even though we may be, you know, oming about peace, it, it triggers us because we're human. And mm-hmm. that trigger does another calibration, right? That gradation of, of, um, the, what's next kind of thing within us. And so I encourage myself and I, it is my practice, uh, you know, as much as I humanly can, to be light, to be love. And I mean light from a high regard, light from the highest source and not Mm -hmm. just, you know, you go turn on your light bulb in your room, but light that is within us and to be that and to be the love first. And so then Mm -hmm. when we see all these um, or feel, like when you go to the market, you can feel people's fear and anger. It's ridiculous. And yet that's where people are. But to feel yes. it um, and then emanate the higher vibration, which is love and 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 walk from an inner awareness that we are all that we are all love, we are all light and so uh, and so that's what my um, education teaching mm-hmm. is and was
1: and and really what you're about um we are going to need to pause for a commercial break here in a moment, but you mentioned physics and um, physicists, and uh, you know the theory behind interconnectivity. Today, I was looking at um, Abdus Salam, the Nobel Prize-winning Pakistani uh, theoretical physicist, the Nobel Prize in 1979 um, mm-hmm. for his contrib- contribution to black holes, and then I found out it was his birthday today, January 29, 1926. <laughs> And he said, um, which I, I think that you can relate to this, he said, "The deeper we seek, the more is the dazzlement of our gaze.": And I oh, think. Wow. That, and I think that that's where we're going in fits and starts with light leaders like you, Susan Burrell. We're going to pause here for a moment, but when we come back, we're going to ask Susan about what holds us back and find out more. Don't go away. We'll be right back on dropping in.
0: Become our friend on Facebook, post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. She Writes Press is an independent publishing company founded for women writers everywhere. Together with sister company Spark Press, serving men and women, it is both mission-driven and community-oriented. The aim is to serve writers who wish to maintain greater ownership and control of their projects while getting the highest quality editorial help possible, traditional distribution, and an in-house marketing and publicity team. In 2019, She Writes Press was named Indie Publisher of the Year. You can find out more on SheWritesPress.com stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time, the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to Diane at DianeDewey.com. That's Diane at DianeDewey.com. Now, back to Dropping In.
1: Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Susan Burrell. And when you've been listening, you might want to know where to find all of these juicy bits, um, including your book, Susan. It's at susanburrell.com. So, S-U-S-A-N-B-U-R-R-E-L-L.com. And it's a place to find out maybe where you want to go, how you can get there, what's holding you back. We just talked about self-love. And I think the other thing we just touched on, Susan, which is so interesting, is bedazzlement and the word and how it carries a certain kind of energy. Words are vibrational. We know this from Amanda Gorman reading at the Biden Harris inauguration. It's something. Again, I have
2: energy shooting through me as you just mentioned her name. She was spectacular.
1: Right, And how does this work? Talk to us about how meridians are touched and different parts of the brain are activated through words.
2: Well, uh, so we are energy systems. Everything on the planet is an energy system. And, um, you know, animals, plants, rocks, us. And um, when our energy gets blocked, um, we... We, uh, we that's where people begin to see disease in their bodies, dis-ease, because the energy isn't flowing. And in Chinese medicine, there, are, there is something called qi. It's, it's in every kind of ancient wisdom, this idea that there is an energy that flows in and through us. And, you know, some people want to say it's uh, spirit, God, Gaia, Allah. But it, but it is also something that activates and... Um, allows our physical body to function properly, to fu- function in an alignment with that energy that flows through. Because as human beings, uh, we, because we're energy, we are, I believe, co-creators with that energy, which means we can make our life uh, in a positive way or a negative way. And this is where the words, the, the words that we say and the words that we think, the things that we allow in the words and feelings of others, whether it's watching a movie, or um, <laughs> or watching somebody's podcast, mm-hmm. and if it's a positive thing, then it then then your system begins to realign and light up and recalibrate, right? If it's a negative thing, then uh, things get Stuck. And by negative, I mean anger, fear, um, blame, shame, guilt. It, it, it makes our energy system gunk up. And then it becomes hard to co-create uh, our, and make our lives move forward in loving, kind, positive ways. Um, right. And I'm, you, we're currently watching, I got to say, Diane, we're currently watching... Recognition in, in small ways, conscious recognition, conscious awakening in uh, in our country in the United States of where this negative anger can lead us, and where a kind and loving, compassionate uh, tone can lead us. And we're we're watching this as people, like I mentioned at the beginning, I'm in an, I'm in a twist. You know, many people are in a twist, trying, you know, the way that they used to be doesn't work anymore. And clearly we're seeing that out. outpicturing. It doesn't work. It creates violence and divisiveness. What does work is coming back to self, coming back to center, coming back to recognizing the light and love that we are individually. And then we can recognize it in others when we go out, even if somebody has a mask on and they're looking at you. You can feel if you've done your inner work. You can begin to feel the love or the light that they are uh, radiating, and it's important that we radiate that Mm -hmm. because uh, not only because because our words do have impact, because our thoughts have impact, because the thoughts are also fueled by emotion. Often, not all the time. But often, so like if you're judging somebody and, and I'm raising my hand, I do do that still. I, I can't, I, I try, I work really hard not to. This is but when Susan, you're judging somebody, real. you are yes. just, <laughs> right. When you're judging somebody, you are sending out negative vibrations to that person. Like, oh, I don't like what she put on today. Or that person is really just a horrible person. You, you, you don't know the truth about that individual. But what you're doing is sending a negative vibration vibrational, this goes back to quantum physics, impact onto that person that you don't even know their story. You don't know their story. And, um, and that just continues to amplify, like we talked about, the, how one thing can affect something on the other side of the planet. It amplifies the negative vibration that keeps us as humanity stuck. So to choose to walk out of your home, after you've done your inner work in the morning, Connecting with the love and the light that you are and then choosing consciously to radiate that with your actions and your thoughts and your words begins to amplify and multiply the love and the light. And when we focus on the, the, the darkness, let's say, and we want to change it, attack it, um, make it go away, we are giving it energy that amplifies it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really, that's part of my twist again, after everything that occurred in January of this year is to recalibrate my love, uh, you know, this internal love and this higher vibrational love, because I get, I know, I've seen it happen in my life that when I am in that activity and vibration of love from a higher perspective, it it just I become a healing presence just by walking through a room, I, yes. And everybody can do this, Diane. Everybody can do this. Everybody well, can I be light that. and love. It's not. It's not just oh well, you know I have to have a master's in consciousness. No, I it, it is. Right. Everybody within can us. do that just by having yes. an open, compassionate heart.
1: Well, I think it is within all of us, and that is how these matrix connect to one another. Right. This is mm-hmm. how. Mm-hmm. How we are interrelational, even in pandemic times. Sometimes, even more poignantly, as you say, you can still sense it when you're looking at someone with, wearing, while wearing a mask. One of the things you just said, um, and several of them, that were, were so poignant. You talked about, um, you know, the words and the words that we speak, um, and also, you know, the vibrational pull of of intention. I'm also thinking about the narratives and the things we tell ourselves, right? I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't want yourself as your own best friend because you're so negative and critical of some of the, the things you do. So, I mean, it's like, oh my God, am I going to reach for potato chips again? You know, yes, <laughs> and we're still going to have self-love. But I, I think that this self-narrative, right? That's also part of these beautiful words, these beautiful, bedazzlements, think what we could do with ourselves if we really talk to ourselves in a way that was, you know, encouraging and amplifying, as you say, the love and light that's within us. Um, I think this is what you're here to tell us, isn't it? Do you feel that this is your purpose in life?
2: Oh, Diane, have I mentioned how much I adore you? Well, you just you're awesome, thing. and you are, your intuitive just goes right into where it is. I am squirming the most. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think for me i when I was feeling called to become a spiritual teacher and leader and, and um, counselor, there I recognized that i. Could not teach unless I walked my talk, unless I had done the work myself, and and so consequently, when I do teach, um, I or when I'm counseling somebody, I have to do the work as well. And in fact, I had a client the other day, and um, we were talking about the story in our heads, and uh, and and the the dark sides that she was seeing that she didn't want to look at, and things like that, and, and it came out of my mouth, well, we, we should both probably keep a, a, a journal of all the bad things we think about ourselves. And I was like, oh, crap. So <laughs> writing down those negative thoughts so that they don't stick in my brain and um, circulate. And so what, what that's, become, <laughs> yeah, that's become my practice. Those so, 3 in the morning. Why did I have a handful of cashews before I went to bed, you know? Why did I not get up and walk? You know, all the judgy things that, I, you know, and I can only talk about me, but I do, I have that self-critical voice and it calms down quite a bit when I am in alignment with myself and I'm doing the kind, loving things. And boy, it becomes a raging lunatic, you know what, when I'm not in alignment with what I know I need to do for my body and my mind and my health. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So um, well, we, the stories yeah. that we tell keep us stuck in the behaviors that we don't realize are unhealthy.
1: Mm-hmm. No one's coming to to help me. No one's here to support me. Um, mm-hmm. we, weeping, moaning, um, you know, sort of victim talk or I'm all alone. I'm in this on my own. I mean, it does cause... Look, we have a shadow side. The the love and the light, that's real. Um, But you're a healthy skeptic, and I know you are also not shying away from the shadow side. We commit transgressions all the time that are part of being human, and it's worse than potato chips and cashews sometimes. Sometimes it's very real hurt that we... You know, inadvertently um, create. And I think I'm, I'm very fascinated. And when you spoke it, um, this idea of awakening consciousness, we might be more aware of it now as time goes on, because there are people who are sharing their wisdom as you are. But this conscious awakening and talking about it throughout a decade, I'm so interested in the fact that you, as a realist, are. Also, sharing your skepticism about what we're going to be about, not just right now in this moment, but for the foreseeable future as we evolve. You have some thoughts on this next decade, and they are not all just pretty, are they?
2: Oh, yeah. You know, it's interesting as uh, an empath, um, and because you're very intuitive, I I, I know you get this, as an empath, I can feel... Um, Like we said earlier, I can feel stuff that's happening, but I can't, I'm not a a, a psychic and go, oh, on, you know, March of 2021, I can't do that. But I definitely, I I had clients going, I can't wait for 2021, I want this to be over, I want to go back to normal, Uh, you know, all those things that are not happening. And Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as we crossed into 2021 and I was meditating, I was like, oh, because it, we're not going back. We're going forward. And in going forward, you've got to clean up your garbage. You've got, you know, you've got to be self-aware. And, and we're watching the people that are not self-aware creating havoc. And that's a mm-hmm. kind word. <laughs> mm-hmm. As, you know. But because there's chaos and havoc... Um, A lot of people get scared. Okay, let's talk about the shadow, the dark. Um, What what I've been realizing and the information I've been receiving is that the dark isn't here to negate things. The dark may be here to clear things out in -hmm. terms of chaos and upheaval and, you know, I don't know, possibly revolutions. I have no idea. But it's here to kind of clear things out. And those of us that are light leaders have got to also be, it's not a battle, right? That's, that's the old paradigm. That's the masculine paradigm. You and I talked about this a long time ago. That's the masculine paradigm of a hierarchy that tells everybody what to do. We have moved into the feminine p- paradigm. I think that's what the twenties in 2000 are going to be about. How do we lead from a feminine paradigm dynamic? Because, The feminine, the divine feminine, isn't about eradicating the divine masculine, which a lot of men want to say that's what it is. It is about how do we work together? How do we call everybody onto a circle where we can face each other and listen and collaborate and cooperate to come to a consensus that is best for everyone? That's how the divine feminine works. And in the process of creating that new... Modality, if you will, um, and new leadership because we've not seen it in many places before. Um, things have to change. Things have to get shooken up, and and institutions, if you will, mm-hmm. corporations, uh, longstanding ideology has to be broken up and and taken to the dump heap because
1: absolutely. It, it,
2: you know, in in in, ancient, in Italy, uh, the Romans built roads, right? And the Romans built these amazing aqueducts and cities. And then you, you know, centuries go on and the Italians built on top, on top, on top. I went to Assisi years ago. Have you ever been to Assisi, Diane?
1: Yes, it's magical. With um, Oh, my God, I Assisi. had no idea. Yes. But I
2: remember walking in... To this um, restaurant, and the floor was plexiglass, plexiglass, so you could see the ancient Roman home that was down below because they had built two centuries above it. Right there was one more house on top, and then and I was I was fascinated. It was because the 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 building we were in already looked to me as an American way old, but I'm looking down at this Roman city that was below Assisi, and and so. The Romans were good at doing that, but then there was the fall of Rome. Do you see what I'm saying? So we, mm-hmm. we are going to be building on top of our old paradigms, but I am feeling that this divine feminine energy that's been pummeling the planet for, the oh, I'd say the last five, ten years— really wants a fresh start. So, so dealing with the darkness isn't about eradicating it, you know? I think a lot of people that are consciousness leaders and light leaders, and certainly, you know, the, the transformational leadership years ago, there was the idea of kind of eradicating the ego. The ego in, in, uh, in our human mind, we've been, there's lots of people that say, oh, well, the ego is bad. I don't want to be ego person but we can never be egoless because that that little piece of the ego is the thing that has helped us form our personality it helps mm-hmm. us to discern certain things that we need to decide on and mm-hmm. and lots of people are associating ego with darkness you know oh, that's the dark side that's my dark side I don't want to look at it but it's important that we do because what i re- what I just uh the information I've been receiving in the last couple of weeks that is, that the, the darkness is necessary to amplify the light. It's not that as light leaders um, we are fighting the darkness. And, and you know, and it used to be, uh, when I certainly when I came into my metaphysical practice at, oh, the ripe old age of 20 something, you know, because I knew everything at 20 something, mm-hmm. um, I saw myself as a spiritual warrior. And, and indeed, that's what I had been in past lives a, a spiritual warrior, leading. The war against darkness. But this time around, this lifetime, uh, I, I really got that that is part of the old paradigm. That's part of the masculine. That's part of right. the idea that war is necessary in order for other people to survive. And you hear the divisiveness in that, right? So then right. we are completely divided as a humanity. You're black, right. I'm white. You live in uh, Israel and I live in America. You know, you're Mexican and I'm Canadian. It, 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 you know, okay. those labels are meaningless because we're all human beings. And so well, to, yes. to fight against the darkness continues to grow the darkness. And to right, be the exactly. light and allow the darkness to unfold itself while we hold it with compassion is the mm-hmm. more, the higher good.
1: It's not just higher, it's probably going to be much more effective. As you say, we've been trying these movements, just because an administration Mm. changes doesn't mean that these movements don't keep gaining traction and energy and the fight. Yes, the thing that you're saying to me also, and what a great intuitive summary you've just given us, is that non-binary solutions, non-binary thinking Um, is the way forward to connect, to not have either or, to embrace so that we can come up with creative solutions. And luckily for us, Susan Burrell has just shared one of her. Favorite, I think, one, one of the most, um, high caliber terms that you use, excavation. We won't necessarily go back to the Romans right now, but we are going to try to figure out how to excavate trash and how to eliminate things that are no longer necessary. That's something we can do even in a pandemic. Don't go away. We're going to take a commercial break now, but we will be right back. Easy for me to say on Dropping In, where we're going to continue to study movement with Susan Burrell.
2: Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead
1: and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn.
0: Books Forward exemplifies excellence in book marketing and promotion, representing New York Times bestsellers, national award winning books, and books that catch fire on social media and in the digital realm. Books Forward creates ambitious campaigns with unlimited possibilities for sparking buzz while creatively cutting through the noise. Your book deserves to launch with experts who have set the bar in the industry. To learn more, visit BooksForward.com or send us an email at info at BooksForward.com. A JKS communications company. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to Diane at dianduey.com. That's Diane at dianduey.com. Now, back to Dropping In.
1: Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Susan Burrell, and we're talking about light leaders. And Susan, you have upcoming workshops. I see that one is even coming up. Are you a light leader? February 15th to 19th and then there's one in March. Talk to us a little bit about Light Leader Workshops and the platform where they take place.
2: So, uh, thank you for allowing this. Um, So last year when the pandemic, when the lockdown happened, um, I developed a Facebook group, as so many, called Live Your Empowered Life and in the group we started teaching workshops and One day, I was asking, "What's mine to do in meditation?" Which I invite everybody listening. It's a it's a really good practice. You could do it daily. You know, just asking spirit, "What's mine to do?" And then listen. You know, so your your linear mind isn't figuring out what you have to do. Your inner guidance system will share with you what it is for you to do or not do. And so I heard very, very, very loudly. Uh, what was mine to do was activate the light and in further investigation it was activate light leaders. So I developed this five-day workshop. It um, happens, uh, this one's going to be over Zoom so we can include more people, um, but it's an hour every day during those five days um, from February 15th to the 19th. Uh, and it's about, I, I just take guide everybody through a process of of, you know, the story in their head and getting rid of it enough so they can hear what their real purpose is. And by the end of the week, um, with some homework, not a lot of homework, but there's, I always have homework. I, mean, I really want people to do the work and get some sort of transformation out of the experience. So by the end of the week, um, people hopefully will have a better perception of how to access their the light and love within them, how to activate that, but also what is theirs to do. So, mm-hmm. uh, and we did, we did a couple of these workshops in the group last year, and people uh, that did them felt that they really received some, tra- some good transformation that they could actually sustain, not just, uh, you know, a one-off. Oh, well, I did that, and then five days later it's done. They, they, it was sustainable transformation. So, we're, yeah, so we're going to do that in February, and then there's a, another one in March, um, and people can go to my website SusanBurrell.com. We are opening registration for the Light Leader One workshop on uh, February third, which is mm-hmm. next week. So um, they can register and then uh, and then we 'll send you the, everybody the because the, we 're going to do it on zoom the, the link so people Great. can get ready.
1: I um, I think that, you know, in terms of differentiating yourself, Susan, from other, say, spiritual guides, coaches uh, who are out there, I mean, clearly you're um, substantial is sort of comprehension of the big picture is one thing, your deep intuitive resonance is another. And your sense of reality and keeping it real, I think is the real captivator here because you're not um shying away. And I think that um in your your affirmations reading through your book as well. I think the light leader workshops, which some of us may feel, how could I be a light leader? I'm just a person, you know, but I think with somebody like you, um, you're going to be really able to understand and access those aspects of ourselves. Some of the things that keep us stuck, I would say um, one of the ones that came out for me in reading your book is shame, shame at our vast imperfection, and um keeps us from, you know, loving ourselves what to do with our shadow side, the shame, blame judgment side that you mentioned before. And here's one of the affirmations from living the empowered life um, that came from you, Susan. I release any shame that may be keeping me stuck, any past mistakes or min- misconduct that has the gooey stickiness of shame is dissolved as i face it and watch it move back into the no-thingness i am free to live and love my life i mean this is pretty this is pretty good stuff and i i think it's really interesting how it builds on kind of the idea of forgiveness, which is in the Judeo-Christian tradition, forgiveness for others, right? But forgiveness for ourselves, not just in the past, but as we move forward to be more accepting of ourselves, more forgiving of ourselves, and maybe not even expect quite so much of ourselves so that this love and light actually does come through, what, how, what do you have to say about, I mean, I know you're just capable of, of revealing so much, but comment, if you would, please, on the subject of shame and how it holds us too still. Uh,
2: well, um, you know, Bre- Brene Brown and all the amazing work she's done has said that when you face your shame, you don't hide from it or your guilt. When you face it, it diminishes, because shame needs you to ignore it in order for it to continue to control you. and um, and I was struck by that when I read it, because I did not realize I had shame until I was going through divorce. And then it showed up clearly one day. and and it was sticky and it was gooey. and I, I immediately sat down and and did a meditation where I cleared it out of my uh, I saw myself in a room. And I just cleared the room, you know, washed the walls, the corners, and, and, and it took me like 10 minutes to release it. And I didn't need to know what the shame was attached to, you know. I mean, sometimes people think they need to know that. I, I don't really think you do as long as you recognize this is what it is, right? And then you, I, you can uh, erase it, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we all carry th- some form of shame because we are – I haven't met a single person who's not dysfunctional. Have you, Diane?
1: No, no. In fact, I think that's what makes us interesting.
2: Yeah. And so we all carry, you know, pockets of shame or doubt or fear or guilt. And so part of what I know I needed to do was get rid of that. I remember going through my divorce and I was pulling off all this um, doubt you know, all this um, self-loathing, and I saw myself, at, like, taking off multiple, you know, raincoats, you know, like the, like um, like they would wear in the Pink Panther, the movie The Pink Panther, you know, and, and, and inside the coat, there was various pockets of other doubts and guilt, and I, I just remember one day, I felt like I was just pulling this stuff off of my physical body and my mental and emotional body so that I could be and I think that um, a lot of us carry around that, whether you think it's in a suitcase or a backpack or Marley's trunk and chains, you know, it doesn't, it, 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 we all have it. So part of being recognizing, part of asking yourself, am I a light leader, isn't so you can go stand on a big grand stage and, you know, pontificate. It is so that you can activate that light and be that in your family of origin. Mm -hmm. or your workplace, or just going to the market, like we were talking about earlier, because we all need to be that, and as we all radiate that from an awakened awareness, uh, our consciousness up-levels, that goes back to the calibration thing of planning and and then bringing, uh, moving things up in a gradation uh, graduation into kind of thing. And if we can all calibrate ourselves up into a higher consciousness that grounded as a human being, you know, walking through the muck of life because there's still mm-hmm. mucky, muck, muck in life. But grounded and then open at the top, if you will, open to being more of that light and love. And so I don't want people to feel scared that, oh my God, now she's going to make us do stuff we don't want to do. No, it's, it's awakening within the individual so the individual can be exactly who they were meant to be,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? And, and, may- and, and that may mean a mother or a CEO, who knows?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Who knows. Um, I think it's so fascinating. We could go on about this forever, but we've only got a couple of minutes till closing. And I think this idea, we used to think that somehow this shame, this guilt, this self-loathing, all of this anxiety was somehow necessary. We needed it unless you were doing that, you weren't really humble enough or you weren't really um, thinking clearly about yourself. And I think the fact that, you know, receiving love is harder than giving it for some of us is um, the takeaway here that you are helping people tap into universal love that's available there for the asking. Um, and I I also look at, you know, here we are with two two minutes to go, so how do you summarize this? But um, you say at the end of your um, podcast, and so it is, namaste, this is your sign-off. In a sort of one word or less, you know, in so it is, is our state of mind creating our reality, Susan Burrell? Absolutely. Okay. How's
2: that? Absolutely. And so, and
1: Yes, and so, so it is, it's also
2: like a tagline to prayer, right? I, everything we think is actually a prayer. Everything we feel is actually a prayer. And so it is. We're claiming it. We're owning it.
1: And again, the impact of words, you know, you you say it, you believe it, you intend it. And so it is. And I love that opening, that sense of possibility that you give us, I can't thank you enough for being with us today, Susan. Go to SusanBurrell.com and to Facebook to find Susan and these incredible workshops um, to realize and radiate. This is just so delightful to have had you with us today. Don't forget, the deeper we seek, the more is the dazzlement of our gaze. Abdus Salam, Mm. (laughs) the one that we resonated with. Thank you, Susan. Thank you to Matt Widener and Aaron Keller, our engineers, to Robert Cialino, our executive producer, and most of all, to you, our listeners. Remember to stay safe, be well, and challenge yourself to be seekers. Till next week, thank you for dropping in.
0: Thank you so much for dropping in. Please join Diane Dewey again next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you then.